The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's quickly take our declaration of understanding. Then we'll take, uh, we'll study the scriptures. We'll pray again. I've been praying for a while. Then we'll rise up again to pray. All right, are we ready? Now I want to let's go. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. Is healing me in every area and is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. That life is going to enter you again today amen. as this word is coming to you. Amen. Receive life in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive life from this word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive healing from this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive soundness of mind from this word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive protection in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive protection in the name of Jesus. Amen. Physical protection, receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Protection from diseases, receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive protection from spiritual affliction, receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. As this word is coming forth, protection is coming into your life. Amen. The Lord is strengthening his walls of protection around you. He is strengthening the walls of defense around you. As this word is coming forth, no matter where you live, no matter the road you pass through, fear will no longer be your portion. Amen. There will be nothing to be afraid of Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, you're thinking about your village. God will surround that village for your own sake. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The angels of God that he sends to protect his people, they are being energized today by the entrance of this word into your life here. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Receive that word and be blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. All right, so last time I wanted to start talking on something, but then we went the way we did, and we ended up speaking extensively on the fact that, just to remind ourselves that we must be in agreement with the Lord. I want to just remind the church again, if anybody's listening to this, because these days we forward a lot of things around. Somebody forwarded something to me today, and I was not happy to receive it because he was from a prominent minister, and I think that's the assignment people have taken upon themselves to forward it around. I wanted to comment on the, for the person that this is a gospel according to Senator Klein and PVC. This is not, no, yes, in fact, I wanted to say, look, listen to the whole thing. There was nothing about the will of God in it. There was nothing about the overriding power of God in what is going on in this nation inside it. Please, let's be careful. Let's not get distracted. I'm getting almost, well, no, 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 like that. I'm almost getting disturbed because, you see, Christians are still making the same mistake again. Once he has spoken, twice I have heard this. What did you hear? I didn't hear you well. What did you hear? Say it again. Now you are going to say that five times loudly. The power belongs to God. Another time, the power belongs. Another time, the power belongs. One more time, the power. For the last time, the power belongs to God. Listen, that power belongs to God. Now, some of you say power belongs. No, the power Everybody has power. Don't I have my own power? God has his own power. But it's what is called the power. The power to rule. The power to change leaders. The scriptures make it clear to us. He rules in the affairs of man. I hear pastors gathering. This PVCT may not kill you. May not kill people. 
Hear ye the word of the Lord. The power is not in your PVC. Ha! It is deception for anybody to tell Christians that your key is your PVC. I say it again under God. It is deception. It is an antichrist prophecy for you to keep telling Christians their power is in their PVC. If you continue, it will disappoint you. Go and check the statistics. How many PVCs do you have? This is lie. People just lie to them. You know, people just say that if all of us get our PVCs, we will get something. It's a lie. You are not as many as you think. How many deceiving yourself? They used to tell us those days that they can't go to the north. But now they use fingerprints. Do goats have fingerprints? How come they still have more votes than you have? Please, let's leave that. I'm not into north-south things. Please, I hope you're getting my point. I don't want to see some of these wrong mindsets we carry around. Instead of following God, we'll be deceiving ourselves. And I'm not a southern person. I'm just a Nigerian Christian. I'm as much from Sokoto as I am from River State. Please, let's stop this nonsense. I got, a, I got a message this afternoon. What was it? I want to see the word of God. State of the nation. Everybody's no state of the nation. And I looked and said, what's all of this? That if we miss it this time, we will suffer again. How do you know me? So that we don't miss it, go and get your PVC. How else will Satan deceive you? That is satanic deception. It's like telling David, the key is in your sword. The key is in your sword. If you want to conquer this promised land, your sword. Go and file your sword. Get more bows and arrows. Get more chariots and horses. If you keep talking like that, the Lord will send a wasting disease amongst your strong men. When David numbered Israel, God said, I will show you something. God said, let me show you something. You need strength? You need food? Why don't I give you three years of farming? David said, yeah. Ah. Oh, you think you can fight? Go to battle. I will give you three months running away from your enemies. If he said, oh, oh, I handle you by myself for three days. David checked everything. His best option. Let's fall into the hands of the Lord. Men began to drop like flies. They were just dropping like flies. Oh, you wanted to number people? Start numbering now. I will make you count corpses. At the end... A day and a half later, David did look like God. Ah, as that angel of death, and people, you know, it was not a demon. An angel that David could see had a sword in his hand, and he stood like this. You think angels are nice people? No, they obey instructions. Ah, David looked God. When God approached Jerusalem, even he had mercy on the city. He said, this time around, I'll accept sacrifices. You want to count PVCs? What if all of you come down with monkey pox a day before election? What if another variant of COVID starts a week before the election? What if what if a storm rain starts during the election? The problem we are dealing with is that people think we are playing games of chance. That's the problem. They think it's a game of chance. So, up your, your odds. Increase your chances. 
Listen, PVC or no PVC, it will not change who God has anointed. Who God chooses is dependent of the state of your house. Look at adulterers going to collect PVC. Look at pastors who will lie with the word of God. Then tell the congregation tomorrow is PCV Sunday. Is it PCV or PVC Sunday? Can't you imagine how people, have we, like, like, like Father Mbaka would say, have we gone insane? <laughs> you know, was it about something? You know, that's another issue. You know, we, honestly, we behave as if we are mental. I'm sorry to say it, spiritually. How can the sons of Ephraim, who are armed spiritually, in the day of battle, they are looking for PVC? You know the truth? We don't have any faith in our own prayers. We don't. So after a while, we say we have prayed enough. Somebody told me that a candidate said, well, you don't tell that a candidate said we have prayed enough. Somebody called him and said that Pastor Banks said if he doesn't stop that nonsense, that's the last time he'll be a candidate. There are areas you don't cross. What nonsense is this? Habba! You go to a church and you're prophesying for me PVC. Pastor, are you drunk? I say it all the time. PVC is like paying taxes. It's like obeying traffic rules. It's a civic duty. It's not the key to nothing. I have a PVC. I've had for years. The last two elections, the, the four years ago, I was not going to square. The one before, I was not going to square. That's why I vote. There was, was it House of Reps? Which one did they do with, with President? That one, I just, I just, I think I, I that one, I only just vote anyhow because I don't even know who's covering my area. Sometimes I just, just vote anyhow. Say, so who do I dash a free vote? <laughs> I do that. I made up my mind who I'm going to vote for. In all this, uh, in Enugu now, I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind. I may change my mind, but right now it's made up. We're leading a political revolution. That is not the work of God. It's just my political leaning. I hope you're getting my point. That doesn't belong here. I'm going to say that, look, I have a PVC. I do. My wife has. We usually go together. To go and vote. We park somewhere, trek part of the distance. When they say you can't move around too much. I mean, listen, voting is good. It's exercise alone, just to walk away from your house. Good enough, I vote in a very quiet and peaceable area, in all godliness. But it is not the key to anything. You can't gather against the Lord, though. He will send confusion in the midst of you. What if he kills your candidate the night before? Look at people. They don't know who they are dealing with here. All of you finished mobilizing for a man who will not live. I've not been talking about tertiary here. One particular state, you know the story. They mobilized, that is, as they were counting the results, the man was winning and he was dying. God had decreed that this seat, you will not sit on it. One of our brothers came once from a point, came to our office to come and get some materials. Then he found that I was inside the office. It was many years ago. So he requested to talk with me. So we had a nice time, about 40 to minutes to one hour gist. When he told me the story of his life, I knew again that the power, the power belongs to God. So one day, an angel told him in a dream, go and run for that office, you will win. These are the things I want you to do. So he ran for office as a counselor. No sponsor, nothing. He had a motorbike. Somebody was riding on a motorbike. That's the only thing he needed. He was going from one polling station to another. He was just a counselor now. Just his word. 
the Lord that told you go and be collecting the results is ready. He will pick a copy. He, didn't, he was just doing it himself. When they counted the results, he won. Just like the angel told him. He was a very good counselor. People liked him. They campaigned for him and said he should run for local government chairman. That angel showed up again. Said, this seat, do anything you want, you won't get it. The Lord just sent the angel to go and tell him that there is nothing you will do. You will not get this seat. He won the prim- you know, remember primaries? He got the primaries. There was no primaries there. But the secondaries, he won. Tertiary was when the Lord kicked him out. Result was complete. He won overwhelmingly. Then political bigwits met, and they began to negotiate bigger positions. And they sacrificed his own seat. People were protesting, telling not to bother. He knew what had happened. The Lord said, do what you want. You will not sit on that seat. What is wrong with us? We take the glory of God and give to PVC. I'm sorry to say, are we high on something? Don't read scriptures again? I will say my own portion, Christians, please go and vote. But forget it. There is no hope in anything you are planning. Whatever you planned, listen to me, we fail. Why? Because God said so. I'm giving you his word. Better get away from people's planning. He's the one that appoints his king. Don't let anybody lie to you that democracy appoints kings. God appoints his king. He does. If you want him, we discussed it last time, you want a good king, you get it on your knees. You get it in repentance. You get it in a walk in righteousness. You get it when you correct yourselves. Hope 93 was what we called MK or at that time. I was in NYC. And you can blame Babangida, you can blame people, but I can assure you of one thing. It was God that said no. I know the truth. I know of Christians that gathered to pray against him. And they took it against him. His role in arranging Nigeria to be a member of organization of Islamic countries. And they stood in their corner and said, you will never rule this country. Do anything you want to do. Ah, because he was a champion. And some Christians gathered and said, this one. In fact, some of the words they used to pray, I was alarmed. Never heard it before. One brother was telling me, he said, they will pray. And said, Lord, we cast down his star. Words from people praying. As people were voting, they were laughing. People were queuing nationwide, they were laughing. As you announced the results, they were wondering what is going on. When Babangida announced the election, they said, we said it, you are not going anywhere. Before that time, did the prophet not say to him, is there no elder in this house? Go and tell that man, is there relatives? Say, tell my brother he will never rule this country. And man was winning. Once he has said this, but twice I've heard it. I've heard it with emphasis. It's reverberating in my head. It's reverberating in my heart. It's reverberating in my environment. The power belongs to God. It is idolatry, the one we church is doing right now. It's idolatry. And we will provoke the Almighty to anger. He is going to get angry and he will destroy our works. What is wrong with people? Why don't the prominent preachers get up and tell the truth? God will anoint whoever is going to anoint for next year. What you want, we said it last time. Ask God, did you not say, he that will rule amongst men must rule in righteousness. Which one of you knows the heart of man? There are different kinds of hearts. 
There are wicked hearts that God dislikes. So. There are wicked hearts, treacherous hearts, and listen to this, cowardly hearts. God hates all of them. Do you know who God wants to appoint? Do you even know what he wants to do? Why do Christians talk like they are not trained? They are not educated in spiritual things? Why? You hear them talk, and you know why we have problems. People that have the word of God, you hear them talk, you know why we have problems. Nobody even respects them any, anymore because of their political leanings. How can you be a prophet and you're in another political party? Did our brother join political party? We knew his prophecy would no longer be credible. How do you prophesy to PDP if you're in APC? How do you prophesy to APC when you're in PDP? How do you prophesy to a Labour Party when you're in Abga? Prophets are not supposed to join political parties. That's why we don't hear from heaven anymore. Huh? They are messing the whole environment again. And they think they are doing righteousness. That's what the Bible calls righteous judgment. You don't judge with the hearing of your ears. You don't judge with the sin of your eyes. You go into the closet and pray to God. And if you are angry with anything, you turn around and say, where is God my maker? Why do we behave like fools? Taking the name of the Lord and placing it on a vain card. God punish you on your PVC Sunday. May the Lord close that building. Any pastor that declares us nonsense, your building will close. Why have you not preached righteousness Sunday? I'm giving you the word of the Lord. You do that, he will destroy your works. You are postponing the day of redemption for the nation again because of idolatry. Any man, listen to me, any man you put hope in will frustrate you. He will disappoint you. Woe to him who trusts in man. Who makes the arm of flesh his strength. The Bible says he will not see when good comes. Huh. This afternoon I just said, I got the video again. And you see preachers. You know the funny thing, the person I'm talking about, four years ago, I want to say, sir, don't you learn? Four years ago, what did you get from it? Nothing. He believes he did not mobilize enough. How do you mobilize against the Lord? When God installs his king, listen, I don't know who he has installed or who he installed before, but just know you can't mobilize. No matter how, you see, God said, let them gather. I'll be waiting for them. When they finished gathering, I will scatter them. When they came to Babel, so they were building, political parties arranged, alliances, everything, PVCs gathered. They came with shovels and everything, card reader. They wanted to build their own towers called Babel. The Tower of Babel. God said, indeed. Whatever they have imagined to do will not be withheld from them. So let's show them who is God. And that's what I'm explaining. You have to know who is God. No matter, you know, I heard somebody say something, you know. If I'm looking for the book, I don't know who can, I'll ask for it later. It was something about Sanjay wrote. But I got it a few days ago. They said, I think it was in his book. They were quoting from it in a newspaper, newspaper article. He said one day, his vice president told some people that it's just a matter of formality that he's taking over as the head of state. He showed them the number of senators he controlled, the number of House of Rep members he controlled, the number of state governors that are under his control. And he said, look, it's just a matter of formality. He said he sold them. 
So one of them left the meeting, walked over to Obasanjo's quarters, and said, Sir, I'm just coming from where your vice just said this. So when Obasanjo heard the whole thing, so the person, you know, he calls his ADC. Oh, but let's go and play squash. And this man was shocked. Oga, you're about to lose your seat as, as president. You want to play, play squash. So what just collected his racket and that guy won't go play squash. It's a statement they said he made that knocked me out. He said everything they told me, they didn't tell me the rule of God. And he kept on going. He said they left God out. You have senators, you have governors, you have God. Imagine, let's go and play squash, though. Unfortunately, the newspaper didn't finish the whole the thing. So I said, no, I need to finish reading this thing. Let me see how it now played out. I've said it again and again. Christians, be careful. There are statements that once you hear, walk out. We have prayed enough. Say, oh God, I want to go and pray. When they tell you we have prayed enough, say them, I want to go and pray. I want, say, oh, I want, is, is it prayer we need now? More than ever before. Because now we have gone mad. Mine say we shouldn't get their PVCs. You know I'm not saying that. That's why I went through the fact that I have mine. Like I refer to all the time. There was a time NTA came to my office, our former office. Israel was, was with me that day. They said, Pastor Banki, people listen to you. Please, can you help us encourage people to come and collect their PVCs? I said, not a problem. I willingly take Christians to go and do that. So they set up their camera and I sat down. And I gave a one-minute talk to the whole region. Please, people, this is civic duty. I explained to them, I said, unfortunately, I didn't know the, camera, the, the crew were coming that day, that I would have showed them my card. That I, and I meant it, I had my own card. That please, everybody go and get your card. It's a civic duty. Christians are supposed to have their cards and vote. If you're of age, you are not allowed to manipulate the vote. You know, if your enemy is manipulating votes, if you join, God will punish the two of you. You can't use your, your opponent as an excuse. You've just bought into divine judgment. So I said to them, everybody, please, what is what Christians do? Collect your card, vote, vote according to your conscience. If you don't vote according to sound, listen to this, eh? If your vote is not according to righteousness, you inactivate your prayer. What do I mean according to righteousness? I told them when I was in university, my roommate came to the hostel, cursing the Law Student Association newly elected president. How useless and hopeless and clueless and visionless, everythingless the guy was. And at the end he said to me, but I voted for him. And I said, what did you just say? He said, you see, he's my brother. I never forgot. The story I'm telling you happened around 1990. I've not forgotten till today. This is 32 years later. I'm still remembering that foolishness. He said, so why are you complaining? Mike Mundock said, never complain about what you permit. He said, shut up or hang up. That is, they kept me on the phone for one hour. He said, did they put a gun to your neck on this side? Why don't you just hang up? <laughs> now, I'm going to say something here. God is angry when you don't vote according to principles you believe in. You rather you stayed at home. That's what I teach to Christians. Now, two of us can go to the same church, believe the same things, and vote differently. 
Because at each moment, something is heavier for each person. But God is checking it. Christians should vote. They should vote according to the principles, the conscience that God has given to them. Then God will do that which is pleasing in his sight. For example, if you decide you are not going to vote, it can be a sign that you are not a serious human being. Which means next time you pray, he won't pay attention. Yes. You don't know that? Everybody say, Lord, give us good leader. God says, okay, I've given you PVC. Now, go and vote for who you think is a good leader. Now, that vote is not what is deciding it. But that action of getting up, dressing up, walking out of your house with your card, queuing up, giving two hours, is a sign that you're serious. So if you go there and now say, hi, now this man could give me 5000 last week. Oh. It's a sign that God will not listen to you again. Say, this one is my brother. It's a sign that your prayers are ineffective. But if you say, no, this one will defend righteousness. It's a sign that you mean what you have been praying about. So not voting can be a sin. Yeah, it's very possible. Whereas voting can be a sin. It can also be a sin. Last election, one brother, was this last one? No, not the one, eight years ago. I said, oh boy, are you not going to vote? He said, no, sir. I said, why not? He said, there are two candidates. All right? They were more than that, but you know, usually in Nigeria, you can have like 10, but when you get to the, you know, have you, you've seen those ballot papers? They'll be long, eh? like DNA. You've been wondering, like, what's all of this? You've just wondered, what is going on here? To find the one you want to vote for, them, you need training. But you don't even know who the other people are. See, if it's the day of election, this party is in this country, you're wondering. <laughs> so I don't blame INEC for deregistering people once in a while. They should, to make voting easier for serious people. So there are days like that. So that brother, I told him, I said, listen, go and vote. He said, no, sir. Why? He said, this man, okay, let me just give you the way he said it because you don't know who it is. He said, I can't reward good Lord Jonathan with my vote. I can't explain why I will give it to him. He said, Muhammad Buhari, I don't like. He said, so there's no reason to leave my house. And I understood. Vote for Google. He said, why? He thinks that, and he gave me his reasons. He said, sir, I can't reward him with my vote. He was asking for election. He said, why would I vote for him? He had his, now, please, you can see I'm not judging good Lord Jonathan. Like I said, at each point in time, something is important to some people. So for what was important to him, he said, good Lord Jonathan disappointed me. He could have done better. And he explained. He said, sir, for that reason, I cannot reward him with my vote. Who's his opponent? Muhammad Buhari. He said, I don't like him. So in the interest of justice and the fear of God, Sit at home. Thank you. <laughs> the guy sat at home. So whoever won, he was just watching. Now, this is how the angels manipulate everything. Do you know how many angels there are? They are myriad. God will just donate one angel to each Nigerian. Each voter. There are some people that the angel will just say, sleep, 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 <laughs> sleep. <laughs> you will wake up when they have finished accreditation, is he and angel said, "No, I, we have counted the votes. Your own did not enter. There are those that they are going on the way. They have made up their mind. They are voting for candidate A. On the road, an agent of candidate A will splash water 
on their clothes. And they tell the man, like, I beg, come on, mental things they happen, they talk about your clothes. Ah, says, is this how they do your party? You go there and vote for candidate B. It's an angel that set it up. And they network where they calculate it. By the time they finish, they don't miss by one vote. They calculate accurately. There are areas where people don't do what the angels want to say. Hey, that's the way it is. They could just scatter the whole thing. You go to this in the area, boy. Now, angels. At the end of the day, only the will of God will stand. Amen. We have enough understanding. That's why we start from there. Why do you put your hope in things that don't work? What I expect pastors to do is, like I said last time, write out prayers for us. Load it with scriptures. So I want to take up that prayer at least 30 minutes. We are reading scriptures and declaring words. They haven't done it. They are trying to make speeches on state of the nation. And now within the PVC, I say, Abba. Is this a prophetic word? Listen, people of God, it is not. It is not. No matter how much you arrange politically, if the spiritual thing is not in place, you will fail. And if the spiritual is in place, without much effort, even your enemies will work for you. Yeah, that's the way it works. When he says strangers will build your walls, it's not a joke. People you don't know, we are... So, please, people of God, what am I going to emphasize? Let us not break that third commandment. How do we read it here? Don't take the name of the Lord and place it on a vain thing. PVC is a vain thing in that regard. Your PVC does not make the precedent. It is just a civic duty. Please do it, but don't hope in it. I can assure you of one thing. At least 40% of Christians will be wrong in their voting. Minimum. It could be 70%. I just said at least 40. You know the funny thing? I have been wrong more times than not in my voting. Because this is my preaching, 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 preaching. Election time, I vote for the wrong person. I've done it again and again. How do I know the person is wrong? The person did not win. Someone said, no, maybe that's when I was supposed to win. There's nothing like that. That's one lie we lie to ourselves. I talked with one of my friends. He's a pastor. He said, listen, God gave you the person you, you, you wanted. I said, how? A voting? No, that's a lie. A vote is nothing, it's not much better than the toss of a coin. And even the toss of a coin, the Bible says that the decision is in the hand of the Lord. What are you talking about? Can God give you somebody you want? Well, Yes, no, yes. Well, look, let's look at both scenarios. I've heard people say things like, I heard one man preaching. He said Saul was not God's choice. Saul was imposed on God. I said, how? The people had never heard of Saul. It was half correct, but let's analyze it. He said Saul was not God's choice. Is that statement true or false? I'll tell you, the statement was both false and true. What do I mean? But let's start with the true side. God said, you rejected me as king. So Saul was the embodiment of the rejection of God. I don't know whether you're getting my point. What happened was that they were having problems at that time with the Ammonites. The king of the Ammonites was attacking them. They were having problems with the Ammonites. Apparently they were losing battles. And they interpreted it as... It's because we don't have an organized army. Why? The Ammonites had. That was a triggering 
reason why they went to Samuel and said, please, give us a king. I preached about it before. I think I even wrote something about it. can't remember for sure, but it's titled, What is Wrong with a King? So they went and said, please, give us a king. What they had in mind, please, you see, when you want to pray to the Lord, pray that God will help you know what you have in mind and pray that what you have in mind will be what he has in mind. I hope you're getting my point. For example, you are a single man, you want to pray for a wife or single woman, you are praying for a husband. Many people are praying for God. Please replace yourself in my life. And that's why the prayer never gets answered. I want a man who will protect me and defend me. God say, hey, thanks for insulting me. Yeah. You know, we don't know the things we say. Lord, this is my savings. Please, I need you to, be, to increase. God says, why? Because if there's trouble tomorrow, I need a place to go. God say, eh. Thanks for insulting me. We insult him every day with our prayer points. But on the surface, look at boys, girls insulting their father. Like David Paulson will say, when you worry, you are telling God he cares more about the birds of the air and the grass of the field than he cares about his children. He said, that's the meaning of worry. I hope you're getting my point. In the same manner, many times we're asking for things. <laughs> we're insulting the Lord. So many times you want to pray. Please ask God to purify the thing you're asking for. They came to Jesus. Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. There are things you're asking for. So you don't even know what you're talking about. Grant, I will sit on your letter and write. He said, look at, say, look at this boy. So. You know what they are thinking? Like, you know, some people now, they go around. You know, we had an argument here, not an argument, a discussion here, one of these prayer, Bible studies. When I was saying that, people said, what's wrong with title? Should I call myself apostle or prophet and all of that? But when I got home, I realized what the problem was. You know, I was emphasizing that day that Paul never means words about his office. That he would introduce himself as Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Remember that, um, what's the other guy? Pascal. Yes, the other Pascal. There's another Pascal. This guy is also Pascal. So we have two, eh? This is Junior Pascal. That's Senior Pastor. But his behavior is longer than the other guy's on <laughs> Even the hair on his head is there. <laughs> now, so Pascal says something that, that uh, Paul also called himself a born servant of Jesus. You know, when I got home, something now struck me. I said, I, I know what the confession was. What Paul called an apostle was not what we call apostle now. Yes, yes. That's where the confession is. So when Paul said an apostle and born servant, to him they are the same thing. Apostle is the lawyer, the, the suffering people of the earth. That's this comeback. That's what, look, to Paul, apostles are the people where they suffer. So when he's writing, say, Paul, a suffering messenger of Christ. I hope you're getting my point. When they use the word bishop those days, in case you do not know, deacon, eh, sorry, deacon and bishop are about the same thing. And it's a supervisor. We are the ones that use the word overseer to mean you are in charge of 10 cities. Those days, who is the overseer of food? Stephen. Who is the overseer of money? Philip. Who is the overseer of um, follow-up? So each of those overseers, they call bishops. So words sometimes cause confusion for us. So when we are asking God for, you know, can I call myself an apostle? You don't know what God calls an apostle. 
Because, because if you want to say, God, a man apostle, God say, just follow me. You put you on a ship and throw you over the water. Float there for 48 hours. I'm coming. Say, so I said apostleship. I said, hey, you're not the one that you want to be an apostle. Is Paul not your idol? Ah, stay in the water 24 hours. I'm coming. Don't worry, the fish shall not bite thee. Thou shalt not drown, but thou shalt stay floating like this in the sea for 24 hours. When you finish, say, come. Na dream. We thank God in a dream. You're not seeing the real life. <laughs> As I go, say, come, follow me somewhere. We'll be somewhere preaching. Village boys will gather. Don't you know that Amadio Heights, what you serve here? Then they will tie you down and give you 39 lashes on your back. And Jesus will be watching like this. You're looking like Jesus, are you aware this is going on? Sir, are you not the one that asked me about being an apostle? Then you follow and say, follow me. We are going to do a crusade somewhere. You reach the place. Nobody's waiting to welcome you. Crusade starts, you go preach, preach. People will get healed, saved. After that, you go back to your hut. And you are waiting for the protocol. <laughs> the pastoral care team to bring food. Jesus will close the door and walk away. According to our guy, uh, what is his name? <laughs> All our lemons. So Jesus will now go somewhere and be picking his teeth. He will forget he kept you somewhere. You'll be waiting for Jesus. I hope you are aware you kept me here. And Jesus will be praying. Ah! Pray for the crusade of tomorrow night. You, after 24 hours, eh, you've lost weight. That's a 24 hours. 48 hours. Just now, say, come and preach again. As soon as you man the pulpit, he will anoint you. Energy will come. As, you know, once you finish preaching, people will get healed. They will get saved. The, the anointing will go. You will crawl back to your heart. After three days, they just let's go back. And now wake up. Say, Lord. I like my teaching assignment. I don't want to be an apostle. Say, you wanted to be an apostle now. I've shown you what it means to be an apostle. But you know this modern day, apostle is robe. It's big ring on the right hand. It's a senior honorarium. You know, there are people who take time to bishop. So that when they go out, the honorarium will be different. You know, when you go to government house, December period, I know states that do it. They organize luncheon or, or, or uh, dinner. For ministers, as you are leaving, if your name is Brother Dean Woke, your envelope <laughs> two thousand two five. <laughs> okay, let's just upgrade it ten thousand. All this, all this deeper life, scripture union brothers, I just come say I'm Brother this ten thousand. Bro, thank you. <laughs> and I say I'm pressed up. They look at you, fifty k. Aha. And now that I say, Reverend, I want seventy. Bishop, two hundred. Apostle, can I must go? Oh yeah, it's room evangelist. Ah, no, no, no. They drive your own in your boot. This is how, you may be laughing. That's part of the iniquity we have done in the church. This is what people do. So people now, after that. I'm telling what I'm telling you is fact. Yes, yes, fact. So after something, we'll just you'll just organize coronation service. The Lord has been speaking to me that I need to move this ministry forward, you know. He will lay hands on himself, promote himself. <laughs> That's the reason why we are fighting over titles. Because what it connotes to us is not responsibility responsibility. There's no responsibility. What it connotes to us is honor. 
entitlement, enjoyment, size of your honorarium. That's what they could know. That's why we are trying to use title. If it was when, that's why Herod will catch you. Or Caesar will catch you. Who wants to be pastor? After you go to the church, when they catch you, say, deny Jesus. No, they will all beat you. But when you are the apostle, they hang you. I know where I went to do that. Too. I just took a side, you know, I do that. So when people are asking for things, if you want God to answer you, first thing, go and pray so you'll be sure what you're asking for. Somebody asking for children, so they ask someone to carry on their name. <laughs> God says, you, you don't even have a name. But if you realize that God is looking for godly seed, that he will anoint. One day I had to pray. For all my children, I told them, you have been given to God. You will serve God. Frustration is your portion if you don't serve him. Where you want to go? You either serve this Jesus or you just, you just be frustrated. If, you, if, you don't, if frustration will not teach you, you will die. But I will not be there and sustain you alive with my prayer and you are, you are, you are following Bonaboy. God forbid that. Nonsense. Between me and the Lord, we'll give you time. My children, I had to pray for them. And I told the Lord, and I told them, all of you who serve the Lord, you are all ministers of the gospel. It's not about just preaching, but you must live for Jesus. It's my life. That's what we have signed for. That's what we have signed for. So when we are praying, that's what I'm making. Let's know exactly what we're asking for. Let's go back to where I went to that tangent. So when Israel went to go and pray, they insulted God. They came to look for deliverance from the Ammonites. Instead of saying to God, please, deliver us. And then God will have said to them, remove the idols from the midst of you. That was always the way he delivered his people. They had to make changes in their lives. He will have said, take that God out of there. Break down those idols. Oh, prophet, they are hiding it behind trees at the back of their gardens. Then they will go and start breaking idols. Then God will raise for them a temporary champion who we anoint, who will drive out the Ammonites. But they said, no, that's not what we need. What we need is what? A king. That was what was wrong with a king. So when my friend said that, when, when, when somebody said that Saul was not God's choice, and it was the people that chose Saul, he was right in that they went the wrong way, and Saul was a result of their disobedience. I hope you're getting my point. But he was absolutely wrong in that the people did not know who Saul was. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Saul was a surprise to all of them. You know why? He was from the smallest tribe, the tribe of Benjamin. Go and read the story of Benjamin. Benjamin is so small that they, don't, they hardly name them. You know what? There are two nations that are named when they were divided. What? Israel and Judah. Are you aware Judah is actually Judah and Benjamin? Yes. Well, why do they call them Judah alone? Because they are less than 5%. You know another prominent person that was from Benjamin? The same name? Saul, the New Testament, who we call Paul, also from Benjamin. 
There are things they say, you have to know the background. So Saul was small. He was from a small tribe. Who cared? Like, God wants to give us king. From Benjamin? Uh-huh. Do they have men there? You know why Benjamin was so small? The rest of Israel wiped them out. They were about to totally kill everybody. When they just realized last moment, they were about to end one whole tribe in Israel. So they allowed them, the few men who had hidden to survive. They had killed everybody. They now said, okay, just for, the interest, for brother's sake, leave. But they are sworn they will never give them wives again. You know, human beings are so funny. No, they swear anyhow. Should I tell you something? I hardly promise myself or God anything. I just go and pray about everything. Because promises are hard to keep. But prayer, grace will come. I yield. I'm not saying I don't yield. I yield to the Lord. I pray about things. But what happened to them is they say, hey, so how will our brothers get wives? <laughs> they now played while you. They told all the girls to go and dance. We are doing a New Year festival or New Moon. Those girls were foolishly there. They were dancing. Then the men looked away. And the Benjamin came and kidnapped the girls. The men of Benjamin came, kidnapped the girls. That was the only way they got wives. Anyway, make a long story short. Benjamin was not a strong tribe in Israel. So Saul could not have been the direct choice of the people. It's not possible. So when you tell me that it was Saul, it was the Israelites that chose Saul in that regard, you're wrong. And that's okay. So, Pastor Banki, which one now do we choose? I'll tell you. If you understand both of them, it's the reaction that's the issue. So you will see, if they did not want Saul, like now, get my point. If Saul was their choice, in which I said they were right, it was right, okay? What's the implication of that? It means that if they did not want Saul, they would not reject Saul through cards or voting. How did they reject Saul? Eh? By not wanting a king. What does that imply? Not wanting a king means what? They will go through the proper way of deliverance, which is repent. Thank you very much. The only way to reject Saul is through repentance. It's not true. I reject Saul. I reject Saul. No. You will come to the, king, to, to the prophet, Samuel, and say, hmm, we have sinned against the Lord. That's why we're in bondage. And he wouldn't give you Saul. He will give you the word of the Lord. And that word possibly will have brought David as a lost choice. So if indeed, like one pastor was saying, that the head of state we had some time ago was not God's choice, that the man was imposed by Nigerians on God, it was not imposed with their PVCs. He was imposed with their wickedness. Because God said, when I want to punish the Egyptian, I hand him over to the hand of a cruel master. That is the significance of that. You can't have a wicked king, and you will vote him out with your PVC because you are deceived that you are doing a democracy. If you want a wicked king, you get on your knees and repent of your own. So if you have a wicked king and you want him to go, you repent of your own wickedness and say to the Lord, deliver us. This gospel of PVC is a lie. This gospel of PVC that's going around now is a lie. It is idolatry. It is displeasing to God. Christians, Get your PVC and vote as a civic duty. Don't think it will bring you deliverance. It can't. There are things people do. I remember then, when President uh, 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 General Abacha was our head of state. 
God taught me long ago. I learned it from scripture. When a man is the head of state, I don't speak evil against him. Why? Paul said, you will not speak evil of the ruler of your people. It's the rule of God. It doesn't mean I agree with you. It doesn't mean I like you as a head of state or governor or CEO of my company where I work. But once you are the head of state, I'm forbidden. Once you are the one in charge from speaking evil about you. So when they tell this man is an idiot, I, would, I, would never, I won't say it. All the prayer died by fire, I won't say it. Now, so people, people have tried to prove to me that uh, Adolf Hitler, you say he was chosen by God. If my Bible is correct, the answer is yes. The mistake we make a lot of times is that we just assume if God chooses you, you'll be David. You'll be Father Christmas. You'll be Solomon without the idolatry. No. Is there any doubt that God chose Saul? He did. He handpicked him. Was he a good king? No. Is there any doubt that God chose Jeroboam? No. Was he a good king? No. Not only did he sin, he made Israel sin. You know, I used to say something. I don't know how he even overlooked it. That David used to learn from Samuel. Do you know, I didn't know it was even in the Bible. First time David was, uh, Saul was looking for him, where did he run to? Samuel's house. They, you know, they're they just so, I said, oh, wait, wait. I, 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 I used to say, you read between the lines. It's not in between the lines, it's clear. That was the man that taught him things like, don't touch the laws that are not. I used to wonder, how did David know it? It was Samuel. That said, there are different ways to mount the throne. There's a way of righteousness, which we now learned about in Psalm 118. And there are other ways. Open the way of what? Righteousness. So David will say to Samuel, so what does that mean? Never, ever touch the boy. Touch the man. Sorry, in my mind, another story came in. You know the story that came to my mind? It came in full now. Ah, this guy. This guy. This guy now correct. That's why he's getting married. So he's a cor- That's how it is. <laughs> Once they see a woman, their brain wakes up like this. They start seeing clearly. They start seeing clearly. Start making the right decisions. It's good, though. Ah, Pascal, it's very, very good. <laughs> Did you see the one just connected? Yes. That's where I was going. Remember that's what they told um, Okonkwo in Things Fall Apart? The oracle, the, the, what the, the, anyway, the priest came to him and said, make sure you have nothing to do with the death of that boy. But his pride made him disobey. That was what Samuel told David also. Now I'm going somewhere with all of this talk. Even though Saul was a bad king, even though he directly sought the life, the life of David, Samuel had told David, he's the Lord's anointed. Don't let him die by your hands if you want to be established on your own throne. So David spent the time not fighting back, but what? Running. Then twice he was tempted. And he passed the temptation. His men said, don't worry, I will be the one to kill him, not you. He said, it will be my order. I'm still as guilty. Guys, let's go. They now said, no, he now said to them, when his time comes, when God wants to take him, peradventure he will go into battle. And exactly what happened. For that reason, when General Bachar was our head of state, and even before that, I learned, I don't speak evil of the head of state. Till now, my friend, if you join our class child group, one of these, he will warn you, say, please, whatever you do, don't curse the head of state. 
don't insult Nigeria. Otherwise, bank is coming for you. They know I don't tolerate it. I get into fights with people over it. And I tactically tell them it's bad manners. One of my classmates says something. You know, they, they can't, of course, you know the way human beings are. When they're not a garden of believers. Some of them claim to be believers, but they do the same thing. He said he doesn't criticize the, this governor of their state because the governor's father is his patient. Because, of course, my classmates are all doctors, all right? And these are big guys, you know, tall specialists, professors, chief medical directors, and all of that. I said, it's out of courtesy. He said, the man is annoying me, but I can't say anything because his father is my patient. So I have a good relationship with the family. So I dropped it in. I said, so, you see, therefore, for certain manners, you can't speak evil of your governor. I said, why don't you respect it when I use the same for the head of state? Since that day, he left me alone. You disagree with your governor, but you cannot speak evil about him in public. Why? His father is your patient. And you have a good relationship with the man. So in the same manner, I said to them, listen, the head of state, doesn't mean I agree with him. He started calling me APC pastor. I said, that's your problem. I don't agree with him necessarily, but he's the head of state. So the days of Abacha, I said the same thing. I got into quarrels with people. And one day I stood up to preach. After I quarreled with somebody, I said, people, let's respect the word of God. Though. I said, when God is tired of this man, he will remove him by himself. I said that in around 1st of May. The man died, what, June what? I know it's 19, which June what? June 8th. Yeah, Less than six weeks later, the man was dead. I wasn't prophesying his death. I just spoke like David. Then leave him for the Lord to handle. Next thing people did, as soon as he died, celebration galore. And I quarreled with people again. It's forbidden. I said, when Saul died, what did David do? He mourned him. He mourned him. In secondary school, what did Nakod JSS to? I had to memorize it. Thy beauty, O Israel, is slain upon the high places. How are the mighty falling? Tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon. In case you do not know, that was 1980. I never could forget it. 42 years ago. Couldn't forget it. I was a little boy, but I can't forget it. Because it was a point for us. The point I'm making is this. David mourned the man who was seeking his life. How many head of say have not even sought your life? You only saw the life of Nadeko people. You're not even in Nadeko. Your father is not a member of Nadeko. This point I'm making. I told them, the Bible says, if God punishes your enemy, he forbids you from rejoicing. He said, if he sees it, he will stop. This way, I'm going with all of this talk. I want, to make, I want to make a statement I've made severally. I said to Nigerians, if you don't stop this rejoicing, the next leader will be worse. It's the way God operates. Because I had the tangible fear of that, I got on my knees. I remember very well in Aremo 3 in, in, in Luth. And I began to pray, God, please forgive. I didn't care about the world. Forgive my brethren. Is that quoting one scripture for me? You, you must understand the, script, the Bible is full of all kinds of things. There are instructions, there are observations. For example, iniquity shall abound. For that reason, what will happen? The love of many will work cold. Was that, an, was, that, was that an instruction? So now iniquity is abounding. All, all of your love, put in the freezer, put in the freezer, freeze your love. Is that what he said? It's an observation. In the same manner, they were quoting an observation from not a commandment. He said, when the wicked will perish, the city 
will rejoice. They say, you see, I say you are not the one that's supposed to rejoice. It's a normal thing. If we, and then who, who gives you the right to decide who's the wicked anyway? Under these circumstances. So I got on my knees and I prayed for, for our nation. I said, God, please, have mercy on us. Don't, put, don't take this foolishness. Don't count it against us. My brethren don't know what they are doing. We are sorry. We don't know what we are doing. Have mercy on us. What am I going to say? If you want to replace Saul in your life, you replace him in your heart through your own repentance, through your own following the precepts and the instructions of God. You cannot come and tell me that because Saul was not God's choice. God's choice people should kill him. They can't. Because he did not come by their own anointing. Even though he was wrong, he came by their iniquity. So the only way to end Saul is to end your iniquity. Yet I see preachers preaching and say, this Saul, this was not God's choice, that the people imposed him on God. I said, based on what scripture? When did you hear that God listens to a hundred million people? When he stopped listening to remnants alone? Do you know what the remnant asked for? You don't impose presence on God. That is what they call the exclusive list. It is his decision. If you are all very wicked people, you are sinners, you are proud, you are arrogant, you can't be corrected, you hate your neighbor, you steal, you take the name of the Lord for a vain thing, you do all of those things, God says, I will punish these people, then he will look for a wicked man and put Hitler as your head of state. You ask for it, without mentioning the name Hitler. But when you get to your name, say, Lord, we are sorry. We won't do like this again. Ha, why have you treated us so? It's okay. Samuel, go to the house of Jesse. Anoint for me a king. Bring him to replace this Adolf Hitler. The way you reject a king is not by his name. It's by the way your heart is tuned towards the Lord. So that day I had arguments with people. And I said, this man was imposed by, he said, if you will ask for him now, God gave him to you. I said, you don't like him, it's your problem. Do you know how much, I hope you know, David was not popular with everybody. God knows what he's doing each, each time. So Elihu said, what are we supposed to do? We should pray, where is God my maker? If there's oppression, you should pray, where is God my maker? I say it again. This gospel, according to PVC, is a sin the church is getting involved in right now. Some people say, are you the only one that knows this truth? Jeremiah was the, look, I hope you know Jeremiah was not the only prophet, though. There were plenty prophets prophesying two years you'll be out of captivity. And I dare to say, judge who is who under these circumstances. You're going to hear a lot of nonsense. But what I've given you is the word of God. I will not be afraid to say it. I've seen big pastors, big bishops, prophets, apostles, evangelists talking, speaking against divine counsel and putting the eyes of the people of God on a vain thing. Any political party Christians gather to form, it will fail. It will. When you hear uh, um, uh, some countries have Christian Democratic Party, those who are not believers, so. Germany, there are Christian Democratic parties very liberal. They are the kind of people that will legalize prostitution. They just use the name Christian to cover iniquity. The world, listen, let me tell you, God has not approved for Christians to cut themselves into groups like that in social things. He hasn't approved of it. Anytime Christians cut their own group, it's a church matter. I don't know where you're getting my point. 
Listen, you're in school. You can have Christian law, uh, law student association. You know, have you, you've had a class from, is that what people call it? Yes. Who's a law student here? Also has put all of you at home. Uh-huh. So I know somebody must be here. So I remember a class from, right? If you guys decide to sponsor a candidate as a group for LOSA, that fellowship is getting into trouble. When class one gathers, class one is supposed to take scripture, instruct themselves in righteousness. Class one will gather and teach people righteousness. How to practice law in righteousness. How to read book in righteousness. How to pass in righteousness. How not to do eye service to lecturers. How not to cheat when you are doing your exam. How to do your assignments. How to be excellent in all that you do. That's the job of class one, to give Jesus glory. When it comes to politics, class one should be able to raise two people going, running against each other and laughing with each other. And they shouldn't feel anything about it. Don't say we are brethren. It's politics. Why can't they run against each other? Is it do or die? You will just laugh. You will campaign. Even your opponents will be looking at you like, are you all right? You finish campaign, you share con, I break that con into two. Say, I never work. Then you break the con, take. Then you will chop in. Ah. They will now use you as an example of politics without bitterness, according to Waziri. <laughs> Many people here, they are not old enough to know GMPP. Yeah, we're the ones that were there those days. As little boys walking half naked, but at least we're there. Some of you were not even born. <laughs> Waziri used to preach what they call politics without bitterness. So you can have it. But the day class one wants to now sponsor a candidate to go and take over as a Christian candidate, as a church candidate, iniquity I just entered into that association. That's how it starts. People, you know, many times things we do that are wrong, we start them thinking we are doing good. Many people are surprised what I'm saying. Many things we are doing that are wrong, we start them Thinking we are doing good. Anytime Christians gather from their own community, build their own town. So it's a Christian town. It never lasts more than one generation. The next generation is a town of iniquity. What do you think killed John Alexander Dawi? He built Zion City. God says, I said, go into all the world. Is this your own world? Go into all the world. What is what you are doing? You want to create your own heaven. Christians make that mistake all the time. God says, hey, 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 hey. There's nothing like that. Go to a normal street, buy a normal land, build a normal house, and blend in. I send you out as sheep amongst sheep. Sheep amongst yourselves. Sheep in your own community. I send you out as sheep with armed robbers as your neighbor. And corrupt politician as the guy, the chairman of your neighborhood association. You will now teach him righteousness. I'm telling you. That's why you can be a politician and be a Christian. Say politics is dirty. God says, how do I clean it? You that say it is dirty, yeah? Collect your broomstick, collect your mop, everything. Go inside and go and clean. Lord, how do I start? Just go and be the secretary to the, to the party at the local government level. Your eye will see people. You'll be everybody's enemy. But after two election cycles, you'll you know how stubborn you are. Because God will just, you know, to, you know, when God wants to show you that he's on your side, let me tell you how he does it. He doesn't do it nicely. When God wants to show you he's on your side, there are a few people you go and meet in the dream. That's my son. You are trying to, you know, Abimelech. He only does that to good people. Abimelech was a good man normally. Other people, when they oppose you and God says, let me show them your side, they wake up in the morning, they've had a stroke. 
And that stroke is just for 24 hours. So they can repent. If they don't repent, next day, barrier. Then everybody will now notice that anybody that conspires against you, either stroke, road accident, or they will find out the picture will be exposed where they are chasing women in the bush. They are political. They just something will just happen. It usually happen when you are not even around. Usually at the crusade that time, you are doing amen, and so God they handle your enemy. After that, everybody will be afraid of you. They will not be coming and say, ah, ah, brother, just say, good morning, sir. How are you? So anytime you are in, a, in, a, in an office, they don't say, everything don't spoil. But they won't come near you. That's how God does his thing. After the one they did to the, what's it, Daniel. You know how many people died? When Daniel came out of the lion's den, all his enemies entered the lion's den. So God said, let us see who's anointed. So Daniel went in, he came out on scathed. God said, good, Next. The next guys entered, they never came out. Their children went to rescue them, they did not come out. Their wives joined them, they did not come out. Now, I'm retelling the story to show that the families ended. So when God sends you out as sheep amongst wolves, don't be afraid. Wolves will lose their teeth. They will. There's you no know, wolves will bite the sheep like this, electricity. <laughs> After they say, don't bite that one. What am I trying to say? Sometimes Christians want to form Christian political party. They will always fail, 100% of the times. Like in Northern Nigeria, it's very common. It's that Christians gather. Have you noticed, why is it that they've never been able to gather to take power from the Muslims? You think it's, like we say, ordinary eye? It's not. People have tried to organize them. They have been disorganized. Why? Because what keeps the church in bondage is never the power of their opponents. You hear what I said? What did I say? Say it again. What keeps the church in bondage is never. It's not how powerful the opponent is. It's how weak their own relationship with God is. So if they want deliverance, they strengthen the relationship with their God. They get on their knees and they pray. They repent of their sins. They repent of their iniquities. I will say it again. This gospel, according to PVC, that we are preaching this is June 2022. Towards the election in early 2023. Is a sin is breaking the spirit of the third commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God and place it on a vain thing. Political parties are organizations of men. They are vain. You can't trust them. Woe to the church that put his hope in a political candidate. Woe to the church that puts his hope, his trust, in his power to mobilize enough PVCs. They will go the way of Israel under David when he numbered Israel. Woe to the church that takes his eyes away from Jesus the Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the governor amongst the nations. What to the church that reduces the knowledge of the power of God amongst the people of God? Woe to the prophet or apostle or pastor that teaches people that there is power elsewhere apart from the power of God. Woe to him that removes the eyes of the people from the exalted Lord and puts on small cards in their pockets as a way to change the government of a nation or the fortune of a nation. 
Don't ever forget, the fortune of a nation is decided by the judge of the earth. Never forget it. Never forget it. Let us pray. We have made him too small in our eyes. Prayer of repentance. Let's start with that. Let's ask for forgiveness for us as a church. We have made him too small in our eyes. For thinking is inferior to APC. For thinking is inferior to PDP. For thinking is inferior to Labour Party. For thinking is inferior to INEC. For thinking is inferior to, sorry to use the expression, please, if you're a Northern Christian. For thinking is inferior to the North. There's this North, the Southerners fear and worship. I've told them, why don't you build a shrine for this so-called North who decides everything in the nation? Why don't we repent on behalf of the church and say, Lord, we are sorry. We have made you too small in our eyes. Forgive us. We have believed in a lie. Instead of in your love and your mercy. But now, oh Lord, we see our wrong. Lord, heal our hearts. Show yourself strong. Be magnified. I'm trying to quote as much as I can, as much as I can remember of a particular song, which many of you know. Be magnified, oh Lord. Be magnified. Be highly exalted. There is nothing you can't do. Oh Lord, our eyes are on you. Be magnified. Oh Lord, be magnified. Oh Lord, be magnified. Once you have spoken, twice we have heard this. The power belongs to God. Once, Lord, you have spoken, twice we have heard this. The power belongs to you. The power to appoint kings belongs to you. The power to appoint Rulers belong to you. You change the epochs and the seasons. No, it's not the election cycle in Nigeria that does that. You, you change the epochs and the seasons. You can end the reign of a king even when his electoral period is not over. You can bring a new one in when it suits you. You know why? You are the Lord. That is your name. And that glory you will never share with another. So Lord, we repent of trying to share your glory with Einek. With small pieces of cards in our pockets. For trying to share your glory with our number. For trying to share your glory with our ability to mobilize. For trying to share your glory. Lord, we remove our eyes from every man, every woman who's running from political office. Lord, right now as we speak, we remove our eyes right now in Nigeria, the prominent people. But Latinubu, we remove our eyes from him. Abubakar Atiku, we remove our eyes from him. Peter Obi, we remove our eyes from him. No matter who, there are many other small, small ones we don't know. I mean, when we say in prominence, their political parties are not as prominent as some of these ones I've just mentioned. But all of them, we remove our eyes from them. We say, Lord, do good to us. Yes, our eyes are on you, Lord, do good to us. Do good to this nation. And use anyone you want to use. Use anyone you want to use. Heavenly Father, we ask of you, Lord Jesus, we ask you, use whoever you want to use. We recognize our duty. All of us will get our PVCs and vote according to our consciences and our persuasion. But Lord, as a group, we will not support one person. No. That group support, we withdraw it from every one of them in Jesus' name. We give that group support only to the Lord Jesus. And we say, reign, Jesus, reign. We say, reign, Jesus, reign. Reign, Jesus, reign. Possess who you want to possess. Put your own person in power. That's what we are saying. That's what we are saying, Lord. We will not make that mistake a second time. No, we won't do it. 
Lord, we reject the sin of Israel in asking you for a king. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. As a church, we come to you with repentance. We know the sins we have committed. Let's mention a few of them, the ones that I know. One, Lord, we will repent of the worship of mammon. We repent of the worship of mammon. We repent of love of money. We repent of building empires for ourselves. We repent of the wars we put amongst ourselves. In between ourselves, dividing one denomination from another. We repent of it in the name of Jesus. I say amen. Amen. We need to repent. We need to. Lord, we repent of false doctrines. We repent of the doctrine that does not lead to the fear of God. We repent of promoting liars and thieves as deacons and as pastors in our midst because they brought money. Yeah, that's called the worship of mammon. Lord, we repent of that. We repent of pastors who make sex slaves of church members and are not disciplined. We repent of it. We repent of adultery amongst our ministers. We repent of adultery in the church that we refuse to punish. Lord, we repent of siding with the world when it comes to sexual immorality. Yeah, we repent of it. We repent of cheating. Ah, experience now. Parents cheat for their children. I've seen that. You don't know God will punish that? If you're a parent, please don't go and vote until you have repented because your vote is a sin. It's iniquity. You're asking for a good leader when you cannot even lead in your house. The other day I lost my temper while I was driving. Instantly I turned to my child. I told them I was sorry. I said, this is not a good example for you people. Don't behave the way that they just behaved just now. I was impatient. That was wrong. I used foul language. That was wrong. How will you, a parent, be the one to procure abortion for your daughter? How will you, a parent, be the one to pay for cheating for your son, for your daughter? And you want him to do well in life? And you think your PVC will solve the problem of this country? May the Lord have mercy on you. Father, we repent of all these things. We repent of lying in your name. Pastors will show up. They call themselves prophets and apostles. Say the Lord spoke to them to come and raise money. They are going to collect a cut from. Lord, we repent of these things. We don't need a king. We need you as our king. There is no king that can deliver us. In the time of Elisha, that woman came to the king. Save. Help, oh Lord, the king. It's our own king. From where will I help you? Is it from the threshing floor? Is it from where we press wine? Things that have been taken over by our enemies. Where would the president help us from? Lord, he can't help. President Muhammad Buhari cannot help. He's but a man. We do not regard a man because his breath is in his nostrils. Why should he be so highly esteemed? But we regard you, Lord, our king. We say it, the church in Nigeria, we say it, Jesus, you are our king. Not only are you the, our king, you are the Lord of hosts. The commander of the armies of heaven. With you is deliverance. With you is salvation. With you is protection. Lord Jesus, with you is the keeping of our souls. With you, Lord Jesus, is the prosperity of our land. If you smile upon this land, it will prosper. But if we withdraw your favor, we will look for much, but it will come to little. Lord, we give you that glory. We say you are the king of kings. You are the lord of lords. You are the controller of everything. Let's rise to our feet. 
And in our own words, just tell him this. Just tell him he's the king. Well, that's what we are saying. We're not even, it's not the prayer now, just the acknowledging of God. You have like a minute. In your life, the same thing. Your job is not your provider. Your certificate is not your provider. Your connection is not your provider. Jesus is your Lord. The Father is your El Shaddai. Is the Jehovah Jireh. There's no country that's your safety. I keep on telling people, wherever you are, please, you may have traveled out of Nigeria for whatever reason. Get on your knees and say, Lord, if it is money I came here looking for, I reject it. I, come, I convert my travel to a travel of purpose. I say, Lord, make it a travel of purpose. It can be within Nigeria. It can be you left Nigeria from another country or from another country. Came to, whatever it is, say, Father, no country, no city is a place of my safety. No city is a place of my refuge. The name of the Lord is my strong tower. I run into it and I am safe. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the covering, the influence, the protection of the Almighty. I say of you, Lord, you are my refuge. You are my God. In you only I trust. Thank you. Let's uh, make that declaration for like 30 seconds and say, Lord, you are all that I have. Um, If we look up to the hills, Lord, our help does not come from the hills. Our help comes from you, the maker, the maker of the heavens and the earth. You are our provider. You are our security. You are the one who delivers us. Life belongs to you. You are life. When you say live, then we will live. Father, we thank you. Let's give the Lord thanks for the word that we have heard. Rare word. But let's just thank the Lord for this word. And say, Father, we thank you. We thank you because your word will prosper in our hearts. We thank you, Lord, because your church will hear. The remnant will hear. Yes, thank the Lord for the word. Thank the Lord for the word. Just send this word the way the Lord has given Pastor Grace this evening to push this word out without fear. Say, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Can we just pray this one more prayer and say, Lord, give our pastor boldness. We need more pastors that are bold. You know, there are times that pastors know some of these truths, but we just want to be politically correct, you know. We don't want to say things that are different from what the people are saying. Uh, so let's pray and say, Lord, give our pastors boldness to declare this truth. You know, words like these are rare. Say, Lord, give us more pastors that will declare this truth. They might not be popular, but amplify their voice. Father, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for sending your word in season to us. We asked for it earlier, and you gave it to us. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, let's be seated. Um.